Like two inches gets people panicky. Mm-hmm. Three inches is like shut down the city. And it's yeah. always they promise more than you'll get. So if they say three inches, yeah. that means like one snowflakes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we go one time and it was like one of those like three to five inch promises that mm-hmm. they make that ends up. like, And you watch it go down throughout the day. It's like the start of the day, six to 12. It's like by noon, like, okay, three to five. And then it's like when you get home from work, it's like, you know, we're thinking about two inches, except for the northern areas might see two and a half, mm-hmm. you know. So we go. I go to the store. I, I think I stopped there after work or whatever, and they're out of bananas. It's like people are just. It's like the first thing they see, and they're like, "Get all the bananas! It'll keep us safe <laughs> from the snow." I was like, "I've never seen like an empty banana because the thing's like twenty feet long and full of bananas, and they're like <laughs> zero left because we were promised like, you know, three to five inches." And was that the time we got nothing? Uh, Might have been. What <laughs> now? I, so I live in the great northern counties that they talk about, and there's been times when they've told us like. Hey, you're getting two to four inches. It was this year. We were supposed to get two to four, and you guys were supposed to get more than us, mm-hmm. and you did. And so I'm like coming up, and it's like there's still grass and trees. You like you see everything, and I. Yeah. It's like the moment I hit like the Westchester area, uh-huh. it's like oh my gosh, you guys got hammered. Mm-hmm. You guys had real snow. Yeah. We got nothing. Oh, I I I, I love. R- the thing is, I like playing in the snow. I just want it to last. Give me a snow day. Let me play in it, and then let it go away, <laughs> and then have seventy degree weather so I can wear shorts and go outside. Have I ever showed you the pictures of the snowmen? No. A couple years ago, um, I'll, have to, I'll see if I can find them really quick. Um, if I can't find them now, I'll show you later. But um, we went around and we built like eight snowmen or something like that. Really? And we we would put them like in our na- <laughs> we'd build them in our neighbors' yards. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of them was uh, it was my favorite because we took a giant icicle and we put it out of a tent, so it looked like it was like a unicorn. Oh, nice. I mean, it was like a snowman, like, you know, the three balls on top uh-huh. of each other kind of thing. Hold on, i got to find his ass. Come on. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, was going to say, I don't know if I can keep postponing uh, if you're looking through. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah. We'll hey, you, let's start talking about, you know. Deuteronomy. Yeah, and if I find it, I'll show you. You'll laugh, and people are like, that is not funny. And I'm like, yes, it is. Right, because I saw it, and you, you didn't. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, um, we talked about, uh, the beginning, so the nine and the, the beginning of 10, um, was focused on Israel, um, ultimately being a stubborn people. And, um, then, uh, restoration occurred. And so we ended at 10, 11. Uh, so chapter 10 of Deuteronomy verse 11, we ended up with basically, uh, the covenant being restored. Um, the Levites and their job position being restored. And we now come to um, verse 12. Um, and pretty much my, my question was, okay, so now that the covenant's been restored, what next? Um, and I think they can kind of go ahead and, and start that off. So, so Don, should I just read through all of verse or How, chapter 10? You know, we didn't have that discussion. No, we didn't. We usually do. Um, yeah, you might as well finish it out through 11. All right. So, and now Israel, so uh, chapter 10, verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold to the Lord your God belong heaven and heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart and love on your fathers and chose your offspring after them. And after them, you above all peoples, you are this 
Wow, I cannot read tonight. Sorry. You chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you are sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And by his name you shall swear. Uh, He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of the heaven. So, so I guess I, I asked the, the question, all right, uh, there's the snow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would not want to land on that, sn- that uh, icicle. Woo. All right, yeah, sorry. Okay, so back to Deuteronomy. Yeah, that lands in the wrong eyes. spot, and that's, the, yeah. Anyway. That's a, and that's a circumcision. That is a circumcision. <laughs> or maybe possibly another. <laughs> uh, so is this where we get to argue about if um, pedo-baptism is the, the continuation of the covenant? Or we should stick to credo and only dunk the believers? Or is this a different thing altogether? I don't know. I think this is a different thing altogether. Okay. I mean, we can see if made, we go there. You just made all the pedo-baptists mad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. You know yeah. what? No, let's not, um, let's not get involved in that debate because it happens all the time. And okay. I'm getting bored of it. All right. So no pedo-baptism. Straight circumcision. Um. The foreskin of your heart. Yeah, we'll get there. All yeah, right. but he didn't. Hey, hey, Presby's. He didn't mean no pedo baptism, as in stop doing it. Maybe, um, he meant circumcision. What, what would you like to explain? What pedo baptism is? Uh, so pedo baptism is where you, uh, when your baby's born, you sprinkle a little water, you give him a public bath, um, and it is for many reformed denominations. Uh, as well as Catholicism, um, which is like the opposite thereof. Uh, it is the sign, well, I don't know, what, uh, I can't speak earnestly on Catholic baptism, uh, but it is a sign of welcoming your child into a covenant community. And it's a very serious, excuse me, a very serious thing for uh, many denominations, including uh, like a lot of Presbyterians, et cetera. Uh, credo baptism <coughs> is probably the more uh common and i don't want to say common as in practiced more well probably because evangelicalism is pretty big but credo baptism is where you are baptized once you believe uh and you will see that often like depicted in movies maybe you have a guy being baptized in a river uh maybe your church practices baptizing them in like a a dunk tank or you know like a, a pool or something like that where you're baptizing a uh, either an older child who can make a confession of faith or an adult. Um, but I, I always think, whenever I think of credo baptism, I think of the uh, uh, scene from Oh Brother, Where Far Out Thou? Have you seen that? Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen that. He like, goes down to get baptized, and like they, they're singing the song, like, as they go down to the river. Oh, yeah, and okay. I'll, you know, I kind of get that that imagery in my head. Okay. Um, so if you see something similar, that that is depicting... Uh, believers or credo baptism. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the argument for pedo baptism is that circumcision was the original sign uh, of being entered into a covenant community. So, when we're talking, if you're wondering why, <laughs> we're talking about a very 
sensitive subject tonight <laughs> uh, for every male listening. Uh, circumcision was that sign that you're welcomed into the covenant community. So when he's referring to it, what he's saying is circumcise your hearts. He's, he's calling for something a bit deeper, but I don't want to get too far ahead of any notes you may have. Yeah, I had a, a co-worker, and uh, she had her son baptized this, uh, um, this summer, and it was about the time school was starting, and, and I was like, you know, so, so how is he? And they're like, oh, he did really good. He, he's doing just fine. He's healing. I was like, no, 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 your husband. <laughs> How's he doing? You had, they had their kid baptized or circumcised? No, circumcised. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I was like, like what did they oh, do? No. <laughs> That's not a church. I, I was like, is, is he, you know, I was like, is he okay? And she's like, oh, yeah. And, and trying to describe her son, I was like, no, no, he's not the one I was worried about. He won't uh, remember anything. Can, can I give you TMI? What is that? I don't know. Go for it. Uh, okay, this will be like the last <clears throat> excursion on mine. I'm lying. And won't be. <laughs> um, I watched... Uh, my first son get okay. First of all, before we get letters, and uh, I've had people confront me to my face as well as like on the internet about this. I had my kids circumcised. Okay, it's too late. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm not having any more kids, and they've already been circumcised. Get off me. Anyway, so my oldest is going in there, and they tell you when you go to have a baby, like you gotta stay with them in the hospital, no matter where they go, like. Don't let a nurse walk away with your baby. Stick with them. Like, don't leave them, you know, anywhere because people steal babies, apparently. So I am like, all right, I'm being a good dad. I'm going with him. He's going to get circumcised. And now another part, this is like in 2007, before the great circumcised debates, like, took over the Internet and people got on my grill. So I'm done defending myself anyway. So I go into the room and I'm watching this happen. Ah. And I'm like, oh, my. Oh, like it was it was the most painful thing I've ever watched. And the doctor's like, tell me, she's like, oh, yeah, he's not feeling a thing. He's numbed up. He won't even cry about he need dinner. Like and he didn't cry. He didn't make a sound or whatever. But I'm over there like whimpering. All right. Like, so but and, and so I tell my wife, I was like, I never want to do that again. So we end up with having other boys. And she's like, well, you can't just like, you know, watch one and not watch the others. Like, what did they find out? The dad wasn't there. It's like, who cares? I ended up watching all of them. I was going to say, I feel like it they'd be more horrible. disturbed by, like, dad watching my circumcision Dude, than... It was... It was <laughs> uh, I have all girls. Uh, yeah. I'm going to regret that later, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, anyway. So, uh, so restoration, and um, verse 12 <laughs> starts off with a big and now. And so, and now, Israel, what does the Lord God require of you? Um, and, and he very clearly says, what does he say, Don? Well, he's got, uh, do you want me to read the verse or do you want me to say the five things? Uh, go for it. Either okay. one. So so I don't know if uh, this was, okay, truth be told, it's been a long time since we've talked. It has been. Um, like we said, a month. So I don't remember if this is right or if this was Grisanti that pointed out the five uh, asks mm-hmm. here. Uh, so credit one of those two. Uh, fear the Lord, walk in his ways, love him with your entire being, serve him and obey his commands. And he states that there are five simple things, but not easy things. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of like cloud or confusion of what's going on. But there's a you know like well let's read deeper into these. What do these mean? But they're uh, so they're very. This is what it is. Very simply stated. Right. But they're very difficult things to do mm-hmm. as a person. And and I, and I love how he ends that. So in um, verse thirteen, he ends it with. Um, which I am commanding you today for your good. 
And so it's one of those that, that although it's... Wait a minute, it ends up in a sentence. For your good? <laughs> oh, for your good. And to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I'm commanding you today, for your good. Oh, question mark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a rhetorical question, like, mm-hmm. am I not telling you to do this for your good? Right, but right. Yeah, I just wanted to make fun of you for not uh, yeah. ending that in a question. <laughs> they didn't have question marks back then. Actually, that is true. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was... So I actually ended up writing just kind of a... I was just kind of meditating and thinking about that. And, you know, the idea is, is, is kind of obedience in a way, and, and we're going to kind of continue to see that, that obedience thing. Well, we've already seen it a ton of times throughout Deuteronomy. And, and I just thought, I was like, well, this is kind of almost like a, um, you know, kind of like, uh, I mean, a parental type asking for obedience. I mean, that, that he would end up like for your own good. And so I was just kind of thinking through, and, and here's kind of what I wrote. I just put obedience. Isn't that the heart of a loving parent? Obedience not for submissive purposes, but because you want the best life possible for your kids. What parent wants to see their kids get hurt? Isn't that the heart of God? Following God's commands gets a bad rap in our society. The crazy part is that they are, they are our expression of love to God, but also are there for your own good. In Deuteronomy, they are seen as wise and a benefit to a healthy, productive society. When you really look at them in action, that is such a true statement. Really, this is the heart of a parent, setting boundaries and rules so your kids will live good and productive lives. Also, through that obedience, we know that our kids love and trust us. Pretty cool that God would play the role of a loving parent. And I was like, so I I don't know. I just really thought through that idea of what God is asking and how it's really a benefit to society. And really, our obedience shows that we trust and we love God but he puts them there not to be mean, but because he genuinely wants to make sure that we live a good life. It's it's for our own good. So it's a, I don't know, it's kind of a, you get two things out of one just choice to be obedient, you know? Uh, it's, it's God has designed us, for lack of, no, I think that's a great term. He's designed us. He's created us. He's made us. He knows, like, what our purpose is and what he created us for. So it makes sense that he would put in statutes that would be for our <clears throat> our betterment. It would be mm-hmm. like, you know, they got uh, Elon Musk makes a Tesla automobile, and he, you know, probably, I'm sure your Tesla comes with care instructions, like how to make sure the battery works best, how to make sure, like, you know, <coughs> rotate your tires and, you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and make sure that they... Uh, everything on the car works well and keeps working and, you know, you should take care of it. You should wash it, wax it. They know best because they created that, how Mm. to make that vehicle last long. Um, Pushing that out to us, you know, it's once again, we're created for certain things to act certain ways, to do certain things. And God knows because he created us. So, and I know that like the automobile, uh, comparison there kind of takes the person out of it like mm-hmm. y- you know it, d- it definitely destroys the <laughs> breaks it down <laughs> a bit but it's still kind of the same idea you know god knows what we are w- when we are at our best mm-hmm. and how to like what it takes to be at our best and and uh is it piper that basically says like we are at our best when we're you know enjoying him mm-hmm. i pulled out a piper card yeah you did pull I out a piper card the whole quote yeah uh, I have no clue. I'm going to trust you that it's Piper card. All right. So anyway, verse 14 and 15, it says, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord 
set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples as you are this day. So I, I thought this was very cool. Uh, he used some superlatives um, a couple times in, in the next. <laughs> so what would I say? Superlatives? Superlatives, that's what I always call it. Super, superlatives. Super, what is it? Superlatives. 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 Um, and ultimately, that's that idea of when it says <laughs> higher, You just higher. brought down the scholarly <laughs> aptitude of this show. Um, <laughs> the Lord of Lords, God of Gods, and we'll get into that later on. But, but ultimately, um, the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens um, and the earth and w- with all that is in it. Um, ultimately saying that, that really everything belongs to God and there's nothing really left for anyone else because it's ultimately all his. And yet, even with that being true, um, God is God describes in verse 15 that, that even though he's beyond awesome, he's beyond everything, he still chose Israel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there's not a lot of it. There's not a lot of explaining to do that. No, there isn't. It really is. Uh, you know, uh, like he created the cosmos. Mm-hmm. He created the heavens. Uh, he created all the splendor, all the beauty. He created all the people. He created the strong and mighty nations. He created Israel. Created weaker nations. He created you know people who don't identify with nations. Um, and he chose the he chose the Israelites to be his people among all that he created. Just like if you're you're taking it into nowadays, just like he chose me, or just like he chose you, uh, to be his sons and daughters, he chose Israel to be his people mm-hmm. among all. You know, I look around and I know a lot of pe- people better than me, uh, smarter than me. No words like superlatives. Uh, <laughs> superlatives? What are you talking about? What is a superlative? Uh, y- you know, better people are better at math. People are better at science. People are better athletes. People who are m- more attractive. Well, maybe. You know, people uh, like I'm definitely more attractive. <laughs> the, oh, <laughs> <laughs> people that just have like better backgrounds or pedigree than I have, but yet he still chose me. Mm-hmm. I'm not like you know anything special. There's nothing that made me special except for the fact <coughs> that he chose me. To be his, mm-hmm. and Which I had no, nothing to do with that. Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, really, I, Israel had nothing to do with the fact that God loved them. Mm-hmm. I, I, and if you want to go all the way back, Abraham had not. Abraham's like the son of an idol maker. Mm-hmm. L- like he's not anything magical. He wasn't like a king, a ruler, or whatever, or super devout, or whatever. He, you know, just a guy. Mm-hmm. From Ur, 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 Ur. <laughs> <laughs> from a city that sounded like a, Ur? <laughs> uh, has nothing to do with Og, right? No, <laughs> dude, I'm glad we've advanced in language, <laughs> or am I? <laughs> I don't know. Some some slang. <laughs> I would be called Og. Og. I don't have that deep of voice, so you Og. can call me Ur. <laughs> <laughs> You're Ur. I'm, uh, I'm Og. Ur, uh. <laughs> Get over here, Og. And Og just sounds like I'm we, Og. We have like lowered the bar a lot. <laughs> we really have. Superlatives, right. erog. <laughs> hey, it's superlatives. Hey, don't start halfway through this podcast. If you did, you might want to go back to the beginning so you understand all the uh, 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 we just did. Yes, and that would yeah. be like, <laughs> and when he says beginning a podcast, not this specific episode, like the beginning, the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, 
Um, so now we get into 16 and circumcision. This is why... You've been waiting... Like, last week when I told you I couldn't come record, uh-huh. like, it's just say, hey, man, hope your family's are. You're like, but circumcision. Right, I was like, aren't you studying on your circumcision? I <laughs> have a two-year-old with the flu, and you're like... <laughs> Come on, man. We got some. Uh. I was like, Paul's a beast. Let's talk about circumcision. <sighs> um, so anyway, circumcise. Therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. Um, so what does that mean to circumcise? Therefore, the foreskin of your heart. Did you get a chance to look at that? Heart surgery. Heart surgery. No. That is definitely heart surgery. Um, yeah, I looked at it, but. You're the excited one. I was excited. I've uh, got like four sentences on it. I'm sure you got like four pages. <laughs> no, no. I just went New Testament. Like I found out like Paul was a beast. And so like um, Paul ultimately, so let's go back. And when I say back, I mean forward, forward. <laughs> um, to Romans 2.28. Romans. Romans 2.28. Really, we should go back to Romans 2.25. Hold on. There's the a giant Bible in my hand. Okay. To kind of so in Romans two twenty five, what we're actually kind of um, we're going to get a little bit of idea of kind of what he's talking about with this idea of uh, of circumcision of the heart. What did you say? Two twenty eight. Two twenty five. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So two twenty two twenty five through two twenty nine ish is kind of where we'll be talking most, and and Paul kind of uh, addresses this idea of, of circumcision of the heart also. And I always thought, like, circumcision of the heart, I thought, oh, that's like a New Testament thing. Like, Old Testament was like the kind of circumcision that, that, that Don was talking about when he was stupid enough to watch all of his sons be circumcised. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I always, uh, uh, when I think of circumcision, I think of David. Okay. Bringing back the... Oh, all the foreskins. Four <laughs> <of the Philistine. laughs> Man, who? That's, my, that's, that's where I equate circumcision. <laughs> I or or uh, Abraham's sons... Uh, Wait, Isaac's son. No, wait, am I Abraham or Isaac? Uh, Dinah, so it would have been Jacob. Jacob's sons going out and uh, circumcising the men who had uh, had relations with their sister. Yeah, like, man, that that would be a bad job to get. Like, no, no, I I wouldn't want that job. Uh -uh. Um, While they're healing, they were slaughtered. (laughs) (laughs) Again. So, Romans 2.25. <laughs> so, 2.25 says, For circumcision indeed is a value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. It's a lot of circumcision. (laughs) For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision an outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. And so really, I think when Paul, Paul, and even here, when they're talking about this idea of circumcision of the heart, they're ultimately talking about this idea of obedience. And so Paul is definitely dealing with this idea of obedience right here, but I think he knows his Deuteronomy because really when we go back to Deuteronomy and we're going back to this section of Deuteronomy and really almost all of Deuteronomy, what we studied so far, it's really all about this idea of Israel being obedient to God or God's people being obedient. And so I was like, whoa. 
again, I always thought that obedient, you know, that circumcision of the heart was like a Paul thing or a New Testament thing, but really he steals it straight out of the Old Testament. So what would you, and I'm, I'm being coy here because I actually have my own thought in my head. Okay. So I, like I have an answer um, that I believe, but you could persuade me otherwise. Um, what would you say the act of circumcising your heart is? I think the act of circumcision, circumcising of the heart, is is an obedience thing, and I and I think though that it's it's an obedience. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So, uh, um, the act of not running a red light is obedience to the law. Mm-hmm. But if I were to say, so how do you not run a red light? You would say, well, you pull up, you'd brake, you know, you'd stop your car, you'd keep it from moving, you wait for the light to turn. So how do you circumcise your heart? So I think that is an act of obedience to God's commands. Um, but I think it's also through the power of the Holy Spirit and through God that does that as well. Um, so he talks about um, so he talks about circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you go to Deuteronomy 36. Whoa, that's a spoiler alert. So Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Um, you then get into, it says, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, at the end, with all your soul that you may live. Um, and so ultimately, um, I think, although it does not use the word spirit, you're still talking about God being the one that circumcises your heart. And then when you actually get into what heart actually refers to, it's actually the seat of intellect, will, and tension. Um, so we, although you... Yeah, I think, did we discuss that before? We did, yeah. Did we? Okay. So, so then when you're talking about, although we may not be perfect and we may not be able to be fully obedient, um, really if our, our intention, um, the thing that actually shapes our character being the, the heart of, of what's described here, um, I think that's ultimately what is talking about with with the circumcision of the heart is is it's really a circum are you is it your will or your intention to try and obey God? So although it may, you may not be perfect, what is your ultimate desire and intention? Um, and is it to go ahead and accomplish that? And I think really outside of the spirit moving or outside of God moving, we ultimately will never be able to achieve that. But I think the circumcision of the heart is really that 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 changing of the heart, that desire to to really want to be obedient um, and to try and follow God with all that you are. Because um, then it goes on to, and, and, and I don't know how much Paul referenced this, but if you go on to um, 21, it says, He is your praise, He is your God in Deuteronomy 10, 21, which... Which really, Paul ends up saying, his praise is not from man, but from God. So I wonder if, like, Paul has a, a thinking or a thought process with Deuteronomy as he as he really hits that verse, and he kind of hits this whole ten part right here, and 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 kind of even addresses um, chapters thirty, verse six as well. I don't know. Does that answer your question? I was just kind of my thought process as I was studying it. I was like, ooh, this is fun. Yeah, I think that um, the obedience aspect is is a big part of it. I, I mean, we could even draw back to the you know the five things from earlier: uh, fearing the Lord, walking in His ways, loving Him, serving Him, uh, obeying Him. Uh, could all be acts of that. One thing that I had read, um, and once again, I'm sorry, I I use both commentaries because I 
I was using one when I was traveling, and I didn't want to take the big one, so I can't remember mm-hmm. which of the two stated this. Um, the uh, circumcision of the heart. Uh, so circumcision is the act of removal. Uh, it's a surgical removal. It, it, that it's uh, you're taking something off. So uh, the act of circumcising your heart is the act of removing that which makes you unclean as removing the foreskin was removing something that would make the Israelites unclean because it would be a place where dirt, bacteria, etc. could be trapped in, and you're removing that to help keep them clean. Same idea here. Circumcision of your heart is removing that which can make you unclean. So it's removing your sin. It's removing your other idols, the other gods. If you want to go back to the themes of Deuteronomy, it's removing that which they're worshiping that was not God. Mm. Um so, yeah, in a sense, obeying is part of that, but it's also, in this case, an act of uh, removing that which is defiling you. And it makes sense to go with Paul's uh, uh, Paul's commentary mm-hmm. Paul, uh, on this as well, because in the Old Testament, a lot of what we saw as far as, like, the law goes uh, were outward signs. We saw a lot of ceremonial cleanliness. We saw a lot of deeds that were done in order to make one clean, or a lot of deeds that were done to continue with cleanliness, uh, where in the New Testament, a lot of those, the ceremonial laws, et cetera, go away. They're, we're no longer sacrificing, uh, you know, based on income or based on offense or based on blessing or et cetera. Now everything is uh, done through the Spirit. So before, we were circumcising as a way to like keep the law so to obey where paul is now saying we're being circumcised by the spirit so once again it's taking that us doing and trying to maintain and putting it into god's hands with him doing and maintaining for us but he kind of addresses that in 36 or 30 verse 6 and the lord your god will circumcise your heart Mm -hmm. so even in that part in deuteronomy before we get to the new testament He's still saying that God is ultimately the one that will circumcise the heart. It's not really on our own doing right, that we, that happens. And we also have to remember, and I'm doing this out out of context, so I apologize oh, no, you're fine. to any any Bible <coughs> scholars out there. They're like, you idiot, you didn't read before? Um, if we're looking at uh, the Old Testament, it's always pointing to what Christ is doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it is, he's saying, let God circumcise your heart. We're definitely still pointing towards the future promise. Right. As a matter of fact, I wonder... If possibly this was somewhat lost on them, where they didn't understand, yeah, where they might have had a minute of like, um, I need some clarity on that because mm-hmm. they obviously didn't stop circumcising, and obviously the Messiah had not yet come. Because well, I mean, because as you're talking, you know, you said kind of circumcision is the removal of something. Mm-hmm. So like, if you says the circumcise, therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. So is that the stubbornness then, or, or would that be? Well, th- look at what he he I constantly called them stubborn and stiff-necked people because the problem was they weren't turning away from the other gods. Right. They were constantly going back to their prior idols, and I mean, just what last chapter the, we're hash- rehashing that golden calf, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, removing the stubbornness, removing that sin, removing that which is preventing you from obeying. Okay. I think is a part of it. I think that's, it's twofold. I think it is that obedience, but obedience is removing all the things that are getting in the way. That's true. So, uh, yeah, I'm not saying, I was in no way like saying what you said was wrong. I'm just 
expanding on it. Okay. Oh yeah. I was so, yeah, I was no, I, like, no, it was no, interesting. It's not obedience. Again, no. I didn't watch <laughs> multiple people circumcised. Nor do I ever want to. Yeah. I'll yeah, trust it, you. It, no, no. Yeah. It, I'm not going to describe it. Don't worry. It really, <laughs> Please. It, <laughs> removing the foreskin. I mean, we okay. were, even. Re- Gosh, this is such a weird podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that with emphasis. Removing. Uh, even when we look at other places in the Old Testament where we talk about removal of the foreskin and what it does. Oh, well, even if you go to Paul again in Galatians, uh, lots of conversation about how circumcision is making you holy, making you part of the covenant. And he's mm-hmm. you know, saying, like, hold on a minute. He, he goes back to that argument of circumcision of the heart is mm-hmm. what makes you holy. And once again, circumcision of the male region <laughs> is done by, uh, in this case, a rabbi or nowadays a doctor. Uh, circumcision of the heart cannot be done by a person. Mm. Uh, even if we get into Ezekiel, like removing your heart of stone and putting in a heart of flesh, all of this heart, all of this change has to happen through the Spirit, including this, uh, whether it's our, our heart change, which is, what, what Josh, remember Josh? Yeah, I the, remember. The single greatest miracle is to see somebody uh, saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that heart change, that initial change, uh, the heart uh, circumcision, everything involving our change in our thoughts, ideas, and patterns has to come through the Spirit, or else it's just rote obedience. Okay. So, so they probably would have had a better picture Maybe, of, yeah. what a, of what a circumcision would look like and be. And so the circumcision... Sorry, I'm just kind of thinking out loud. No, so I was, I was thinking, anyway. Considering I believe circumcision was like a family event. Oh, wow. So... Guess what? <laughs> Little Johnny's being baptized. It's the seventh day. Let's do this. <laughs> root, root. Okay, I'm going to avoid that party. <laughs> Thank God we're Gentiles. I know. <laughs> and um, I can have the circumcision of my heart. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I, I was excited about that. That I was just kind of like, ooh. No, I love the draw. Mm-hmm. I love the draw between you know, what happened and what is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about that a lot with, like, and I talked about, like, the ceremony. Like, we don't go to the temple. Mm-mm. We don't have to slit the throat of sheep and oxen and sprinkle it on the altar and spray it around. Dude, have you ever... Well, I know you have. I've never done that before. No, no, I've not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you have. No, I mean, like, when you go through the laws and you're reading, like, how much blood, mm-hmm. and you have to get it on, like, as a priest... Like, it's going to end up on you. Like, you're going to have blood on your hand, which is symbolic. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just such a amazing thing that we don't have to do. Mm-hmm. That we, In some ways, it probably robs us of the visual of what happened mm-hmm. and can make us numb. But even though we're not there, we, we do get the spirit who leads us in that and lets us see that. Right. You're, oh, okay. He's getting old. Um, I, I moved an air conditioner in my basement, and my back's been a little tight since then. That's what everyone says when they get old. I'm not. I, you <laughs> just had a birthday, bro. How old are you? Shut up. Six months later, you're right where I'm at. <laughs> Can't say too much more. Um, so, so any more about circumcision? No, I think I'm. Uh, I think I made my point. Okay. I think. Well, not made my point, but was on. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, sign of God's covenant, past, present, future. So, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. That is a superlative. No, nope, <laughs> don't, don't even correct me with superlative and make it sound so 
Superlative. Uh, anyway, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner. Therefore, for you are sojourners in the land of Egypt. So what do you got on that? Anything interesting? Uh, I thought the... Uh if I'm being brutally honest here, uh, God takes no bribes. It, it, it's a twofold thing. One, it's showing that like you can't corrupt Him because what is a bribe? It's an it's a it's an attempt to corrupt. It's a, it's I'm gonna give you X and you're gonna give me Y. Like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And in most <coughs> situations. A bribe is harming somebody else. So you're, you know, you're bribing someone to win a contest. You're bribing a politician to get a law passed or to not go to jail or to, you know, you know, you, a bribe is not a positive. But then in the like the lighthearted sense, a lot of times we see, like maybe on TV or like in a movie or something <laughs> like that, somebody making a, um, God, if you do this, I'll never do this again. So you're offering up your attempt at righteousness to manipulate what God can do. Well, isn't that part of like the ancient Near Eastern worship anyway was Oh, definitely. Was that oh, idea yeah. of here's what I do and you do this for me like here's well you <coughs> in Egypt there was was it two or three pantheons? Like there's one for like the royal mm-hmm. like the pharaohs and then there's one for the rich people and then one for the commoners. Mm-hmm. And each one had their own sets of things you could do, and you would walk down the streets, probably even still, maybe some today, but in ancient Egypt, and there would be food or you know uh, gold or perfumes or spices left at altars in various places, hoping that that god would have mercy on you, mm-hmm. whatever it was the god of, <coughs> and depending on what part of the pantheon would depend on how elaborate the gifts left behind were. Mm-hmm. Or and yeah, sorry, one more thing, or like. You know, you would to keep evil spirits away. You may leave a bribe. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess even if you think so, being God of gods and Lord of lords. I mean, even if you think there is an earthly leader, I mean, they are still. I mean, many times you see a partial, or you see that um, they do take bribes, and, and usually they're for like the best of the best and the wealthy. And 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 I liked how at least in this perspective, it wasn't. I mean, it, it was not all about the. The best and the powerful. I, I mean, I, I guess here's kind of what um, Christopher Wright said, and I thought it was kind of cool. And, and I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to kind of read different pieces. It says, in some ancient Near Eastern royal texts, um, it was human kings who basked in the reflected glory of the ruling gods. However, here you have the majestic monotheistic su- superlatives, <laughs> superlatives of verses 14 and 17 are harnessed not to the glory and power of the wealthy and strong, but to the needs of the poor, the weak, and the vulnerable. <clears throat> and ultimately, I was like, wow, okay, well, this definitely is, is counterculture, counter counterculture back then and counterculture today, oh, yeah. um, and kind of shows God's aw- awesomeness and how he genuinely cares for people, um, being the poor, the weak, the vulnerable, the fatherless, etc. Yes. And I thought, oh, anyway, so I thought that was, I don't know, just kind of really neat to see that once again, you have a very powerful God. And earlier you have God who was the, you know, the, the heaven and the heavens was his and the earth and all of that. And 
yet he chose Israel. And here you have the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the awesomeness of like everything. And he's like, you know, who did I choose? I chose the poor, the weak, the vulnerable, the fatherless. Is like, ah, I yeah, know. I think the idea here <clears throat> showing that he loves the sojourner, um, just as they were sojourners. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Loves the alien, loves, loves those that we are commanded to love and to be instruments to help uh, was very interesting. And it does really kind of speak to, once again, if you look at Abraham being a, a nomadic uh, person, mm-hmm. um, not really having, a, I mean, he had a, you, you know, he was a tent dweller. He was a mover. He was constantly on the move. Uh, you have a, another group of people that were tent dwellers, constantly on the move, did not have a home of their own for a long time. Um, over and over again, you kind of see that as a theme. It, it's interesting that God seems to love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I think it's interesting to see how God sets up the like the care for the weak. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's almost as if He's saying, "Hey, I'm." You know, I'm God, you human person are weak, and I, in my strength, and the owner of all things and the creator of all things will take care of you. Um, therefore, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, imitate me. In this case, God, not me, myself. Right, no. Yeah, don't yeah. imitate that. Um, and go take care of those that need it that are weaker. Mm-hmm. And then... You and shall. Then, f- and then we fail about it. Oh, sorry. You're oh, sorry. No, sorry. No, no. Go on. Go on. <clears throat> and then you shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Yep. That was some dead air right there. <laughs> it, it speaks for itself. He he is the one. So he's the one who, you know, holds all things together. He's the one who's responsible for the multiplication of a nation. Mm-hmm. For the, that kind of rhymed. <laughs> you can be a rapper. Woo! We'll call you a little Don. No, man, that's my favorite. Oh, all right. <sighs> Another tangent. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my pastor, and we were talking about deacons. And he's like, hey, if you were a deacon, you'd be Deacon Donnie D. <laughs> Ooh, I, I like, like that. Bro, don't, I was like, don't give me a big head, because I'd do that. Deacon Donnie D, that <laughs> definitely D. sounds like a good rap name. Uh, yeah, heck yeah. The, the deacon is here <laughs> to drop some bars. Put some Ds on it. <laughs> <laughs> D3, Deacon Donnie D. Anyway, where were we? Um, See, you can't do that to me, because then I get distracted. <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, showing that God's in charge. He's the multiplier of all things. He's the one who... Uh, makes things happen mm-hmm. he's you know it's not i mean it, israel wasn't like hey let's become a great and mighty nation it, it was god that let it happen mm-hmm. they could have been easily wiped out many times <coughs> over mm-hmm. all the way from the days of abraham all the way up through their time in egypt yeah, and i think if, if we went back to a couple podcasts earlier on verse nine he pretty much warns them guess what um it's yeah. not because you're special but it's because of their wickedness right um and then he later on in verse nine or chapter nine goes guess what you're stubborn <laughs> <laughs> And then chapter 10, you're to circumcise your heart and get rid of that stubbornness. Yeah, maintain my uh, statutes, mm-hmm. obey my commands, love me with everything that's inside of me, imitate me as we see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, it, Once again, they're all very simple things, but very against the grain of what our flesh wants us to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And very much against what the enemy would want us to do. So, 
Yep. Yeah. So that's Deuteronomy 10. Yeah. I think it's a good word, like 47 minutes. Okay. I think that's a good spot to I think so leave too. our people. Is my wife texting you now? I, I don't know. She's like, yeah, I, at first, like, oh, no, what if it's important? It's like this slowly developing shopping list. Um, like, that's not fair. Yep. I don't know. You're supposed to get, remember the milk, basically. Okay. Yeah, it was not, I did not get one from your, oh. your wife she yesterday. She was like, remind him to remember. No, <laughs> no I got one ye- yesterday from your wife telling me she wouldn't give me the keys to your car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, understand why. All right, here's the other part of it. That stupid key, my spare key, was 150 bucks. Ooh. So I, I'm not giving that to anybody. <laughs> I, that, ugh. That's. I, I had no reason. You gotta for leave his a deposit if you want to borrow that key. I had no reason to borrow his key other than I just wanted to prank his car. But that's beside the point. You can borrow it anytime you leave a deposit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll clean up the prank if you leave the deposit on the key. I am not gonna ask what kind of deposit because you didn't say cash deposit. Oh, it's so gotta be cash. I will <laughs> bro, straight cash. Deacon Donnie D wants cash. <laughs> straight cash on me. Cash money emoji right here. Cash money. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so that wraps up 10. Um, we'll be diving into 11 next time. You know what's funny? We talked about cold weather. They'll probably be getting this around June. <laughs> they probably will. Cold weather. Like, it's 97 degrees outside. It's so humid. And my air conditioner broke. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we got that fixed last year. Okay. My, okay. But your listener, air conditioner, um, you had to get your own GoFundMe. Yeah, good luck on that one. Yeah, where was the GoFundMe, man, for my furnace that broke a couple weeks ago? Did you Wait. put the page out there? You got to put no, it out I, there. No, you got to do it for me. So If I do it for myself, it looks like, oh, poor greedy Don. If you guys do it for me. Okay, then it's like, it's oh, like, oh he's got a friend. Okay. He's got a friend that cares about <laughs> He must be worth something. A friend. $5, yes. The guy, yeah, <laughs> Wait, the guy that put the GoFundMe out didn't even donate. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so um, have fun battling circumcision. All right. And, uh, we'll actually, it's weird because usually the music's in and it's like, oh, natural out. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, I have to figure we're, out we're to five minutes before the music comes. <laughs> yeah, I don't so know if I can talk for five minutes. Yeah, so we'll let you. Or let I don't you know if you want to hear me talk for five no. minutes. I'll have to edit the, dang, I have to edit this one? Do you have to, why do you have to edit this one? Because I got to move the music over. Oh, bummer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so hard. All right, later, guys. All right, bye.